But this is also Memorial Day weekend. We have a lot going on. And, uh, and with that, we just want to uh, take at the beginning of service just to thank uh, those who have served in our military and had a part and paid the price for us to have the freedom that we so dearly enjoy. So if you or a family member or anybody you have that is involved or has been involved in military service, would you please stand today? Amen. Amen. Would you just give all these folks just a hand? Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And uh, Memorial Day weekend, just time that we do, we remember and we give memory to those who have paid the price for our freedom. And I have a video I want to just share with you along that, but I do have a thought as well. I wonder what would really happen if we truly took time to reflect and remember the high price of our freedom. Today we remember the price that was paid for the freedom of our nation. Every day we should remember that freedom, that the freedom we enjoy and many exploit with such reckless abandon came at a price beyond the comprehension of our minds. If we did understand it, it would cause us to live our lives with a greater pause. Let one generation abandon and move away from the cause and devalue the prize, then that which was gained and preserved by the sacrifice of so many for so long will be lost by those too simple of mind to understand and too empty of heart to care and unfortunately, it will be to their own demise. So today, we pause to remember, first of all, the brevity of life, the sacrifice of service above self, the character and commitment that it takes to prefer others, the duty, courage, honor, and loyalty that they carry to the cause, the people who sacrifice their ambitions so others would not have to sacrifice theirs. Philippians 1.3 says this, and I agree with Paul. He said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. So today we thank God for those who even at this very moment are willing to put their lives in harm's way to serve liberty and justice for all. I'm not sure that our minds can comprehend the level of sacrificing commitment it takes to secure freedom, not just for ourselves, but for all of humanity. You see, it's easy to see the need and to speak against the wrong, to speak in denouncing tones and denigrating terms against the things which we perceive as wrong, yet have no true understanding of. It is something else altogether to be willing to give everything, even your life if need be, to end the oppression and to set the captives free, or even to perceive what it must be like to ask someone to give their life for the protection, deliverance, and freedom of another. Cannot imagine the burden on our military leaders and commanders, our president, commander-in-chief, even this week as they've had to deploy more troops to the Middle East for the sake of freedom. What an amazing burden to carry to ask somebody to put their life in harm's way. In the church, we set aside a day every month to take communion and remember the sacrifice of our Savior. As a nation, we set aside days like today to honor the men and women of our nation who sacrificed so much for us. Those who have laid, as Abraham Lincoln said, so costly a sacrifice and a price on the altar of our freedom. How should we live now that we know that so many have lived and died for us? 
I believe that most of us will never face the challenge or the choice of having to risk our life to save another. But we are all faced with the choice of how we will live after being saved by the sacrifice of another. To always live with honor and respect. And may we never forget the price that was paid and is still being paid for our freedom. Go ahead. repeating could you give our men and women of service another hand of appreciation Amen. hallelujah so tomorrow as we celebrate with a day off for many of us remember and thank God for the freedom that we have amen praise God hallelujah well, did you bring your Bibles today amen are you ready Take a moment in the Word this morning. Say this with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you for your Word, your Spirit, and your life that comes to us every time we open your word. Holy Spirit, do your work in us today. We give you praise and glory in this place. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this is an exciting day, and we have a lot of things to share with you. And so in moving forward, we're where we are as a church and a family together. I'm excited. We've been ministering on It Is Finished the last couple times that I've preached here and, uh, and ministering to that, that thought. But because it is finished, the title of our message this morning is Raised and Released. 
and to purpose, and then the call of God. And so because it is finished, we've been raised up out of who we were, out of our past. We're released into the future that God has for us. And through that, because everything is finished concerning who we are and what God has done for us, we also are free to answer God's call upon our life. You know, in our men's discipleship class we had on Monday night, we were just talking about and trying comparing about what it means about honoring God and loving God and that. And uh, to tell somebody you love them is one thing. To give yourself to them in love is another. And so we kind of had the conversation with the men. A lot of men are married, but then the question is, have you given yourself to your wife? Have you given your life? When it comes to being a Christian... Many people go, well, I've accepted Christ as my Savior. Good, I'm glad you have accepted Him. But have you given your life to Him? And that, that statement really has a lot of implication. To give somebody your life. It means that your life is no longer your own. It now belongs to them. And in, in marriage and in serving God, that's a divine exchange. God has given his life to us, and we now give our lives to him. And love can only really be expressed through giving. When you were giving in the offering, you're really declaring your love for God. Love, true love, is expressed through giving. The only way you can tell somebody or show somebody that you love them is through giving of yourself to them. And so this morning, I just want to talk to you about that. That's a challenge in, in, in dealing with that. And we went through a lot of things in, our, in, in relationship there and that. And there's an amazing the comparison between our life in Christ and uh, our, what, the marriage that God has given us between a man and a woman and that union together. But this morning, I want to talk just mainly about the call of God upon our life. Because it is finished and God has raised us up, but we we are now able to be released to answer that call. So walk with me through your outline if you would. But before we get all the way in this, turn with me to Psalms chapter 41. Because many times when it comes to saying yes to God and answering the call and giving our life to Him, there's concern. Well, what... what that's, that's a huge price that costs a lot, giving our life to somebody. We're so afraid of, of, of the downside of what it costs to give, we never understand the benefit of what we receive in return. Because every time God asks us to give, there's always a blessing on the other side of it. And I would encourage you today, go, go home and read Proverbs chapter 3, the first 10 verses. In, in every one of those verses, there's five areas there that the Lord goes through. And every one is a request from something or, or, or an instruction to us on how to live and honor God with our life. And it's always followed by a promise of blessing. And so anytime God asks for something, anything that looks like is coming, as, as, that we're giving up or sacrificing or letting go of to say yes to God in our life, the, the other side of that is, is it always brings a blessing back upon us. Psalms 41 says this, verses 1 through 3, blessed, how many know that's a good way to start a verse? Blessed is he, think about that, who considers the poor. The word poor just means helpless and powerless. They're not just impoverished, but those who are helpless and powerless. The Lord will, watch this, deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him, keep him alive. He will be blessed on the earth, and you will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. Wow. 
So you mean if I just consider the poor, if I just am given to those who are in need, and that's what God's call does. It always calls us to give of ourselves to the need and necessity of others. And God says when we do, there's a blessing that comes with that. So walk with me through your outline this morning. The Lord calls us forth from the grave of our past so that we might be released, so that he might release us to walk out the fulfillment of our destiny in him. Once we realize that new life is ours, it's hard to go back to the place where we lived just for ourselves. How many would agree? This is new life to be lived out for a greater purpose than just what brings joy into my life. There's more than the American side of life. Amen. When we live just for ourselves, that's the least we can ever be. But when we live for God's purpose in us, that is connected to those around us, there's no limit to what we can be in Him. Your life, my life, every one of our lives, God's will is that our lives be connected to those around us. You see, the world waits and responds when it sees a demonstration of the unconditional love of God in those who profess to be His followers. Our world languishes for the love of Christ. The compassion and understanding and acceptance that Christ alone can give to them through those who follow Him. Or in other words, God has chosen to make His love known through us. Not always amazing. God chooses to love through us. Isn't that awesome? He chooses to love through you and I. His desire is to live in us and through us in the earth. You see, we can all hear the voice of God calling our name to rise from the tomb of our past. How many besides me are glad that God's got a resurrection? Hey, man, we can let that old man die and be raised up, as Romans says, in newness of life. This is the living voice of God that calls us forth from, the, from death to life and into his purpose. So could it be that he truly desires for us to be the expression of his love in the earth? The answer is yes, it is. Could the price of the call pale in comparison to the reward of acceptance? We just read that when I just consider the poor, God initially declares we are blessed. So the price of giving, of having, setting time aside, time aside or sacrificially giving to something, sacrificially giving to something and serving others, it automatically qualifies us to be blessed. Think about it. Whatever the cost, whatever it costs me to say yes, it will pale in comparison to the reward of hearing well done. Amen. So look inside your outline, if you would. I want to talk to you for a moment about the power of living outside yourself. And taking that back to Psalms 41. But the Bible says, as David declared, there is a power that is released towards us by God, provision by God, when we choose to live outside of ourselves. Here, blessed is he who considers the poor. Those who are powerless, those who are helpless, who cares for them and is concerned for them. The question is, how could one simple truth produce so much benefit to our lives? How can that be possible in the lives of those who accept this challenge? Listen to what it says. Five areas here that the Lord declared if we would just consider. If we, you know, in the world, everything is about climbing up. In the kingdom of God, everything is about going down. I remember on the last night that Jesus was with his disciples, what did he do? He was there after they all ate. He's the one who went down 
and knelt down and washed their feet. And the king of glory became the servant of humanity. Amen. And he said, I've given you an example. He that who wants to be greatest in the kingdom, let him become the servant of all. And, and our culture says that's so demeaning. But God says, no, that's the pathway and the doorway to living a blessed life. Amen. When you choose to be that servant. So look at these five areas that it said. Look what it said. He says, the Lord will. Somebody say, the Lord will. Come on, that's a definite affirm. The Lord will preserve him. And I gave you the, these Greek words there, the, the definition, to preserve means, and I underlined some key areas there, it means to keep, to guard, to keep watch and ward, to protect, to save life, and to have a watchman over you. Come on, when I choose, God becomes my watchman. He's looking out for me, amen, so that I can bless somebody else. And then it says he will keep him alive. I like this one. It means to live, excuse me. To have life, to remain alive, that sounds good. To sustain life, to live prosperously, you could shout amen there. To live forever, to be quickened, to be alive, to be restored to life or hell. Wow. To revive, to be quickened from sickness, from discouragement, from faintness, and from death. I mean, no, that's a good promise. That's a great blessing. Look at the third part. He will be blessed on the earth. The definition of the word blessed there means to go straight, to walk, to go on, to advance, to make progress, to pronounce happy, to call blessed. That's why the, the, the first verse started out, blessed is he. So God calls you, he pronounces you blessed. I love that. Think about it. And then number four, it says he will not be delivered to the will of his enemy. How many want to have victory over those that oppose you? That's what I said. He's not going to deliver you. To deliver, the word there, to deliver me, to give, to bestow, to grant, to permit. God says, I'm not going to give you to. I'm not going to grant it to happen. I'm not going to bestow them and advantage to you. But more than that, I'm going to never yield you up or give an occasion for them to triumph over you. The, uh, in Isaiah, it says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. And David just saying that a little bit differently here. So God says we will not be delivered to the will of our enemy. And verse five, or number five is, is that he will strengthen him in his sickness and heals him from all of his infirmity. You know, as we talked the last couple of weeks on it is finished, that's really where we live. We live in the healing power and provision of God. We are the healed of the Lord. Can you say amen? And so when I understand this, if I take it as finished and apply it to Psalms 41, that means that because I am now blessed, every need, every necessity, your whole life is covered in those five areas. And so now that releases, that, that's it. We are raised and now we are released to answer the call and care for the needs and necessities of others. The word strengthen there means this, to support, to sustain, to stay, to establish, to strengthen, to comfort. It means to turn over, to turn around, to change or to transform. How many are thankful for turnarounds in your life? Bless God I am. Amen. I love the way the Living Bible says it, Psalm 41, verses 1 through 3. It's there at the bottom of that page in your outline. God blesses those who are kind to the poor. He helps them out of their troubles. He protects them and keeps them alive. He publicly honors them and destroys the power of their enemies. He nurses them when they are sick and soothes their pains and worries. How many said, I'll just take that? 
Amen. So look at that. How, how can we consider? How can we live? Look at Jesus came and gave us freedom, and he sets us free to live and to serve others. So knowing that God has bestowed this upon our life, that completely releases us to live our life with the yes for God. Amen. He has us covered in every area. Praise the Lord. Look at the next thought in your outline. And uh, I just want to walk through this as we get ready to share some exciting news with you this morning. But in John 3.16, we're introduced to the extrovert God. The, the God who moves outside of himself in expressing his love and his care for us. God so loved the world that he what? And I said it earlier, in order to declare love to somebody, you can't, yeah, I don't love somebody just to receive from them. We don't fall in love with people to get something from them. That's not love, that's lust. And if you're in love with God just for what he can give to you, you miss the whole point. We're not in love with God. He has already given all that he is to you. You fall in love with somebody in the way that you're the person that I want to, I choose to give my life to you. I share with the men on Monday night, that's what we say in our marriage vows. All that I am and all that I ever shall be, I give to you now. Amen. How many know if I gave you 20 bucks today, it would be your $20? I couldn't come back and tell you, you know, could, can I have $9 of that back? No, you gave me 20 bucks. It's my 20. I, you, when, when I give it to you, it's no longer mine. It becomes yours. Amen. And when we give our lives to somebody, it's no longer my life. I, I don't have discharge over that. We're, we're given in love to that person. And we're giving in love to God. That's what we do. I accept Christ as my Savior, but understanding that He has given His life for me, out of love for me, I now choose to give my life for Him. That means my life is to be used by Him and for Him. Amen? So God gave His only Son for our sin. He has given us forgiveness and unconditional love. He has restored to us all that was lost. He has declared to us all that is now ours. Think about it. He has made us partakers of his divine nature. And number six, he has given us the ability to live in it is finished. Hallelujah. Amen. So how can we not live to be the expression of his love to others? Amen. See, you can't keep what you try to hold on to. Usually when we're trying to hold on to something, it's because that's bound by fear. Fear is afraid of losing. Love is never afraid of losing. Because love knows in giving, there's always a promise of a return back to you. Love is a reciprocating act. And so you never lose by giving in love. Amen? And so that's how you break that yoke and bondage of fear off of your life. Jesus said if you love your life, you have to lose it. Amen? I believe we could solve a lot of our marriage problems if we just give up ourselves and give yourself to your spouse. Amen. That's a whole other message. It was really quiet Monday night when we talked about that. Amen. So anyway. Secondly, to keep your life, you have to give it away. Only by letting go can we truly possess all that he has for us. To the disciples, it was this. We're all called to do this, to forsake and to follow. 
And when you say yes to the call of God, when, when, when the reality comes and the understanding comes and, and God just opens the eyes of our understanding and see, you know what, I've been forgiven. And out of that, Jesus has declared, it is finished over my life. Now I'm released. I've been raised up in newness of life. Now I'm released to answer that call. And in that, that frees me to forsake everything that I think I needed to take care of in hand. That's taken care of. Now I can forsake that and to follow him. One of the comments that came up in the men's group on Monday night was about the rich young ruler that the Lord asked him for everything. But God never asks for anything without having to return on the other side. God has never asked anybody to give up anything that they didn't receive more back on the other side. Are you with me this morning? So important to understand. And so once we understand that, the, the, the freedom to forsake and to follow is released in our life. See, we are all given the choice of letting our life be given away for others. Every one of us lives with God's purpose upon our lives for that. From the beginning, God has always showed up in the lives of men and women on purpose, with purpose, and for purpose. And he is doing the same today. Think about it. If we go back to the beginning, you can walk it through. Adam knew God's purpose. How many know that? God declared it to him, created him, set him over, and declared his purpose. But Adam missed that mark a little bit. Abel worshipped God according to God's purpose and what it was accepted. Cain knew and missed God's purpose. Noah followed God's purpose. Abraham obeyed God's purpose. Moses was delivered by and through God's purpose. Joshua possessed through God's purpose. The judges delivered Israel through God's purpose. Gideon was changed by God's purpose for his life. Samson was strong by God's purpose. Saul failed by missing God's purpose. David ruled according to God's purpose. The prophets always spoke to reveal God's purpose. Jesus came to fulfill God's purpose. And we have all been called, saved, and commissioned by God's purpose. The moment I accept Christ, God begins to reveal His purpose for my life. And when we choose to live to purpose... Say, God, I just want to fulfill your plan. You've made me a part of what you're doing in the earth. And I want to live to fulfill that. And when we choose to do that, we're able to understand the reward of acceptance always outweighs the price of the call. Amen? Go with me to Acts chapter 26. You see, the call of God always brings us to a place of preparation. When we say yes to God, the Holy Spirit immediately begins working a preparation process in our life. Because you have to be prepared. How many know when you get a job or training or or education is preparation for life? You're being trained. We're being educated. So we go to school to be prepared, to to study, to to, to be prepared for careers and, and for different avenues of employment and that. And so you have to be prepared. So the moment we receive the call of God, it brings us to the place of preparation. Preparation will bring you to separation by God. When I get go through the process, there's a time when God says, now... I will separate you to what I've prepared you for. And separation is where you will live in the fulfillment of the purpose that you were raised for. Acts chapter 26, Paul is giving an account for his life. He's in prison, and he's giving an account uh, for his life uh, on on what is being done. And so he's answering King Agrippa. And uh, in verse 14, he says, I heard the Lord saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And verse 15, so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. 
Look at verse 16. But rise and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this, what? Purpose. To make you, somebody say make you. So look at, to make you, to prepare you, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which you will yet which I will yet reveal to you, verse 17, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentile to whom I now send you. Verse 18, watch this. To open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So the Lord said, I've appeared to you for this purpose. And God has a purpose for every one of our lives. God has saved you because he has purpose for your life. And so then we enter into that preparation process. Go to chapter 13, if you would, with me. Acts chapter 13 and verse 1. And we go through that preparation. God brings us to the place where he can then separate us to his purpose. If you study the life of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, you have four chapters take place. Chapter 9, Paul gets saved. And then you get to chapter 13. Four chapters later, here's Paul there. And, and historians will tell you, theologians will tell you, that between the Damascus Road and here in Antioch, that there is somewhere between 9 to 14 years have transpired. That, 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 that a space of time has taken place. And Paul's been involved traveling with Barnabas. They've been going around preaching the gospel, planting churches, uh, uh, training up and, and training disciples and making disciples and raising people up. They've been doing the work of the ministry, but it's been a season of preparation. And so now it happens, they're there in church on Sunday morning, if you would, or whenever they're there at that place. But it says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, verse 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. How many know it's good when the Holy Ghost said? Amen. The Holy Spirit said, now watch this, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them, to the work which I have called them. And so here they are, they've been doing the work of the Lord, but when we get to a place of preparation, we go through season where God separates to a specific work that he literally is calling us to, and he's prepared us for, amen? And so that's a powerful time in our lives. And this morning we get to celebrate that. And when we understand that, that, that in this time of, of preparation and going, there's so much that happens and so many bonds and so many lives that we get to interact with and be a part of. But then God always works in a way because he always has more. The thing that we do in Christianity, and, and this is one thing, and, and I just say this real quick. So many times we, we like to read our resume backwards. As, these are all the things I did for God, but wait a minute, he's not done with you yet. So don't get out of your future by reading your resume backwards. Read your resume backwards. Say, man, if God's done all that through my life before, he must have prepared me for something ahead. This is all preparation, and there could be a separation under something that God has been working all this time just to get you ready for. Amen. And so for our church, we're excited this morning because we're getting to share how God is working and what he's doing. And so on March 28th, 
uh, I got a call from our district superintendent, and uh, he asked me, he says, hey, Don, are you going to be at the men's conference? I said, well, I can't be there Saturday. We have some things that have come up, and had, our plans have had to change because of that, but I'll, I'll be able to come to the golf tournament. I'm playing in the golf tournament tomorrow morning. He goes, well, are you going to be around after the lunch? I go, yeah. He says, well, we have this situation that come up, and your name came to us, uh, came up first, and so we'd like to present that. If you have about 15 minutes after lunch, I'd like to talk to you. I said, that'd be great. So I said, we meet and, you know, say so things with, you know, whatever. And so we have this conversation. He goes, well, this is the situation. We have a church in Loomis that has been without a pastor for about six months, and they just need some help. And so we've been trying to figure out how to come alongside them. And we thought that you and your church came up that if you guys would be interested in coming alongside and mentoring them as a mentoring church to help them get back to a place where they could, again, be able to have their own full-time pastor. I said, man, that sounds kind of exciting. I've never thought about mentoring a church. You've worked with people, but never worked with the whole congregation. That'd be interesting. So that led to a meeting with the superintendent, myself, and their board, and we went through all the parameters of that. And they go, well, that's good, but I don't know if we're ready for that. Because I told them, I said, you know, we're, we're blessed. We have a good preaching team, and we could set out a schedule for different people to be here every week. And they go, I don't know if we want somebody different every week. We kind of, you know, want the same thing. We'd like to have some, you know, continuity in that. I said, well, hey, we're just here. Let us know what we can do and so then they let us know and so then knowing everything that's happening and and just an unexpected thing and so I approached Sean and Dan and said hey are you interested in maybe being an interim pastor down there would you be interested in talking that or starting that conversation and knowing what's in their heart and everything God's doing for them and raising them up I go yeah we'd be interested in checking it out so today we're here to let you know what they found out since they checked it out Sean, come on up. Amen. <laughs> well, uh, first service was um, not easy for me, so I'm believing this service will be a little better. I got it all out and uh, and shared. So. Um, yeah, God is, is amazing. Amen. God is so good. God is faithful. And, um, I want to give you guys just a little glimpse, um, of our heart and, and what we feel God has done. And, and I love this verse. It's one of my favorites. It carries me. It encourages me. It strengthens me. And it's Ecclesiastes chapter three and verse number one to everything. There is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Amen. And when it comes to serving God and honoring God, I've always seen him work in seasons. I've always seen him do things. And when things are hard, I, I know it's just a season. When things are great, you know, it's just a season. And so for us, there's this, um, thing that is honestly that it caught us um, in one regard it caught us by surprise and yet it also fulfilled something that we have had in our hearts for years um, our human minds always want to try to know the what's and the how's the ins and the outs and the timing of it all but that's not the faith walk that we're called to live amen how many of you ever found that you always want to you want to navigate I thought pastor said it so perfectly we want to see the end before we walk it out and we all have a calling to walk by faith and not by sight, living with the understanding that he illuminates each step at the right moment. So many times in life, we want to have everything figured out, planned out, and leave no room for God to move and direct the story. Dan and I have always felt this strong burden to never chase something, but to serve God <laughs> and to honor him with our time, talents, and treasures, and he will take care of the rest. 
So I believe that's what's led us to this moment the last few weeks where we've found ourselves standing in the middle of an open door or a suddenly, as we would call it. For us, Solid Rock has been our home. It's been our family and it's been our everything for the last 22 years. Um, so even exploring this was a very weighty decision that was so far out of our comfort zone. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those situations, but pastors always instilled in us that faith doesn't live in our comfort zone. He's always challenged us to believe that there's always something great on the other side of your yes. And Dan and I have always tried to live with a posture of just saying yes and trusting God for the rest. We feel that this is an open door that is placed before us. It has been a really amazing opportunity to walk this out in a way that doesn't normally happen. Usually when you feel called to, to go and pastor a church, you go and you give them your best message on a Sunday morning. They get together as a board or as a church and they go, we like you or we hate you. Join us or don't ever come back. Um, so for us, this has been really incredible, um, to have this time to just get to spend with them and minister to them and, um, just getting to know the people. And for us, it's been amazing to learn and, and to grow and to meet the extended family of God, because I don't believe there's one church. I believe we are the church. Amen. So when it comes to God confirming something in his word, he often confirms or establishes it by two or three witnesses, whether it be the, through verses, advice from pastors or well-respected people in your life. But through prayer, discernment and seeking godly counsel, we should be able to tell if that open door is truly from God. And that's really the beauty of what we've had the last couple of weeks as we've been able to talk with our pastor, with other pastors, with other leaders, with other people that pray for us. And, and as we just wrestled with, is this God or, or is this just us wanting something? And um, I was studying one morning and I want to share this verse with you because I feel like it's so profound um, I was, I was reading another verse and I, I just followed the reference path and it led me to this verse and I copied it and I sent it to my wife and I said, I just really feel like this is the verse for what God is doing in our life. And, and I sent it to her and she fired right back. She goes, that's the verse that I've been meditating on also. And we hadn't even shared that. And it's found in Isaiah 54 and verse number two. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. So this morning, what does that look like for us? Well, we are stretching our tent. Amen. We are enlarging our territory and the guys put some pictures up and this is the church in Loomis that we have been hanging out at for the last couple of weeks and getting to know the family there and um, here's a side picture that from the brick part is kind of where the sanctuary and the entrance is. The back part is a fellowship hall. And then I think the next picture, that's like their youth building. And then, um, this part right here is something that we have never known existed, um, at Solid Rock Face Center. It, it's this thing. It, it's actually called grass. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it's, it's our little inside joke. Janet told me in the office the other day, she goes, I don't think you care about the church. I think you're excited about the grass. 
And I was like, yeah, all the teenagers, all the things we've done in the years on the asphalt, and I can't tell you how many times I've, I've skinned my knee, or I'm, I'm being silly, but it's a, it's a beautiful place, and then here's the sanctuary inside. It seats about 200 people inside, and um, it's just been amazing. This church has, has been through a lot. Like Pastor said, they haven't had a pastor for six months um, since December, and so the church has, has lost a lot of families, has been through a lot, but it's got a, a solid group of people. And, and so for us, it's opened this door to do something different that's not normally done. Um, and they can't hire a full-time pastor, so they're looking for a bivocational pastor. And so Pastor Don and, and I, we talked and said, well, what if I worked at two different churches? Amen. And, and so that has opened a whole new door and it gives me the ability to transfer my licensing to the assemblies of God. It gives us that time to do that. It's exciting because we get to um, help with a healthy transition. We've seen things happen in a, in a, in different ways all the time, but we really feel like God has opened the door for this to be healthy where we can help, um, train and, and replace ourselves. We can begin to build that work there and, and continue to work this work. We want to fulfill summer camp and the backpack giveaway and do all the things that we've committed our lives to here. And they totally respect that. My, our oldest boy is going to be a senior in high school this next year. And we're like, I really don't want to take him and move him for his last year of school or any of those things. And they were excited to hear that from us too. So this morning, we're excited. We're thankful for pastors that have taught us to walk in faith, give us a place of ministry, and allow us to grow. We don't look at this as something that takes away from here, but it's going to be a greater extension of what we do here. Our pastor's legacy being expanded into new territory, taking new ground. We're excited and hopeful not only for the opportunities that are ahead for us, but for the opportunities and the growth that will take place as others step into new roles here at Solid Rock. I want to encourage us all this morning that, that God is faithful, God is good, and God, if you trust him, he will lead, he will guide, he will open the doors, and he will make it a smooth path. Amen. And I've always loved that, that verse that he said that he illuminates our steps, that he is a lamp unto our feet. And I, I, I've always had that image so vivid that they had little candles on the front of their, their sandals. And that's exactly what it did is it illuminated one step at a time. Amen. And, and so I just want to encourage everybody in here today that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. So pastor, thank you. And we're excited. We're not going to be leave. We won't be here on Sundays. Um, but we will continue to, to hang out with the young people on Wednesday nights and continue to lead that ministry as that, un, you know, just transitions and we're going to work together. We're going to oversee the gym still for a season. And so God is good. God is faithful. We love you, family. Thank you for uh, letting us grow up in this house and supporting us. And so thank you very much, Pastor. We love you. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hallelujah. Amen. So there's a lot in the process of doing that. So I could say they're remaining on staff here for the next several months and walking through that process. And, and we're excited about that. Uh, I'm excited for them. Uh, it's always been in our heart to plant churches and to send people out. That's been part of our heart and our vision. So they think, okay, how do we get to plant another church? Would you get to go to a building that has on five acres with grass? <laughs> and uh, we have two acres with asphalt. Uh, they have five acres with, with three. We have three acres, two, and then one up there. Three acres, and that. But we have a playground. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Amen. But, but they, and then they, after being someplace for 22 years, uh, you don't have to just pick up and move across the country or relocate. They get to stay in their home. They get to stay connected to people. They've had a relationship and go through a transition. It's just, it's, it's, ama- it's God. Amen? And God is always amazing. And that's really a key. And, and that's so much about what I'm talking about, answering the call. If we just enter into that season of preparation and walk with God, He prepares things for us. And when you walk through it, it's things that you don't have to make happen. And you're always surprised. Just like I said, the cost of saying yes look at the reward that comes on the other side when God brings and he brings promotion into your life amen so I want to close with just a couple thoughts in doing that and uh, because we're all called by God for kingdom purpose every one of us God has kingdom purpose planned for your life and there's three stages to that call and that's how I want to close the service this morning first of all we're called to repentance which means to turn around when you answer the call of God on your life the first call is his call to us as individuals to say yes to his forgiveness and to repent the second phase of the call is a call to restoration which is just his renewal process in our life. We allow regeneration to work in you for old things to pass away, all things to become new. And in that renewal process, he begins working on you, doing the work that he needs to you, in you, so he can send you. Amen? And then the third phase of the call is being called to purpose. And that's that area that really gives us our reason for being. You exist for a reason. You really do exist for a reason. God created you for purpose. And your purpose is found in Him. Now, if I never answer the call to purpose, then I'm always trying to find for myself and define a reason for my existence myself. And when I'm trying to define my reason for living, I usually go through multiple transitions. They say that people change uh, uh, careers somewhere between five to seven times before they reach the age of 40. Because we're always trying to find our identity. Who am I? What am I supposed to be? How many people are going to college and getting degrees and then never applying what they spent all that time to learn? So we're going through reason and doing all of that. But in that same way, God calls us to repentance. He calls us to restoration. And then he calls us to step into purpose. And so this morning, I just have to say that as a father, I am amazingly proud. Amen. I watched God. I found out that God, and he spoke it to me years ago, that God's a God of forgiveness and restoration. And 22 years ago, Sean gave his life to the Lord and recommitted his life to the Lord right there. Amen. On a Sunday morning 22 years ago, and now God is launching him and Dana out. And then he started flirting with one of our school teachers. Yeah. And then... Got her to go on a camping trip with our family camping trip with another family. Like, oh, yeah, you should just come along and hang out with the ulterior motive of getting her out on Wedding Rock. <laughs> so he could propose to her. Amen. So I was like, but why? I mean, God is so awesome. Amen. And now through all of that in their life and all of our grandchildren, their four grandchildren, our grandchildren, their four babies and that and watching them grow up, watching our grandson Jake be here. Isn't God amazing? Amen. And last week we celebrated with, or two weeks ago we celebrated with our son Austin graduating, getting his master's degree, being on staff at a church in Pennsylvania there in Gettysburg. We are so blessed as parents. Amen. And so proud of our children and God doing that. But God calls us into new birth 
And then he works the process of conversion in our life. And then the commission comes. And God has a commission for every one of your life. Bill, if you'll come back and join me at the piano. A lot of times people say this, and we really are. Sean and I have talked to and our staff has talked about it. We're super excited for this process and the way God is letting us walk through this. Because people ask me all the time, what's the right and the wrong way to leave a place? People wonder that all the time. What's the right and the wrong way? I, d- I can't always define the right way, nor can I define the wrong way. I can just tell you this. The litmus test for right or wrong is very simple. Can you go back? If you can't go back, you probably didn't leave right. Whatever is in that. That makes sense? So how do I know if I left right? Can you go back? Is it the same when you go back as it was before you left? If you transition right in God, our mission statement is to reach, raise, and release. And release doesn't mean just going out the door. Release means what you're seeing right here. It is celebration. It is promotion. Amen? And it is something that we know and can see as God. So we release people to the advancement and the purpose of God. And so that's what we're excited about today and walking through this. And then look at that. I say, God, you are just so amazing. Amen. At how you give everything to us and open the doors. Why? Because as I said in Psalms 41, considering the poor... It's not just people without resources or broken. But this is a congregation that needs a shepherd, that needs to be loved, that's been taken advantage of and misused by people with wrong understanding of ministry. Unfortunately, that happened. And so they need healing and they need help and they need restoration. Amen? And so... Look what it says. When you consider the poor. But wait. I have 22 years invested. I have all this. All this. Kind of, but how could I go? Blessed is he who considers the poor. And the moment you do, you open yourselves up for that five-fold blessing of God that's in your outline. Yet. And that's what's happening here. They are considering. God moved upon their heart and said, would you consider blessing the poor? Those in need. Amen? And so God is honoring that. But maybe you're here today, and I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads with me. And God moved so mightily in first service, and I believe he wants to do the same right now in this area. But I want to talk to you just quickly as I close this service. I just want to give an altar call on the three phases of the call. Maybe you're here today, and you've never answered that first step, God's call to repentance in your life. Or you know God's speaking you to turn your life around. Hebrews eleven six says, or, or Hebrews chapter 6 says, that, that we, repentance means to have faith towards God. Maybe you know in your heart your life has been in a direction, been moving in a direction that is not towards God. And you feel the call of God on your heart today just to repent, to turn around and have faith towards God, moving towards Him in your life. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you and you're feeling God's call to repentance, would you just raise your hand so I can pray with you this morning? I feel like God's speaking to somebody's heart. Is that anybody here this morning? You know you need to answer that call to repentance. Anyone at all? 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I see that. Amen. Anybody else? Hallelujah. God, thank you, sir. Amen. Thank you, Father. The second step of the call is to call to restoration. Maybe you're here today and you know God wants to restore you. You, you sense that. But letting go of who you are, who you were, and all that's happened. Being able to forgive yourself and walk in God's forgiveness so that you can receive his restoration has been hard for you. You keep finding yourself looking back and even using that as an excuse against moving forward. But today, you know God's calling you into restoration, phase two, restoration. He wants to make you new, restore and renewal in your life. If that's you, just raise your hand. You know God's bringing you to restoration. Anybody at all? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen, thank you, amen. And then the third phase of the call is to purpose. And this is that leap of faith that Sean talked about for us. Is that area of saying yes to God. The faith to let go. To not to try to keep my life. But to believe that God I can say yes to your call of purpose in my life. I don't have to be afraid of losing anything. Because you said you move upon my heart to consider the need in others. And you said I would be blessed. So today I can rest in it is finished. And your promise of the fivefold blessing over my life. When I just say yes to you. You are going to be the covering of my life. If you're here today and you're ready to say yes. God's been pulling you in this area. But you've had that hesitation. And even like Sean said. They had all the things they had to consider. And weigh out and go through. God is this you. Is it not you. But just finally just to say yes. And then to feel God's peace be released in their life. Maybe you're here today and you're ready to answer that third call of God's commission upon your life and His purpose. If you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm ready for that. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, then do this with me. Answering a call is just that. To answer it, you have to act. So I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. You raise your hand in any one of these three areas. Just stand right where you are right now. Be bold enough to stand. Come on, hands easy, standing. That's that next step. We're getting out there on the water now. We're getting out of the boat. Amen. And now we're just going to walk. Why don't you stand? I want you to just come stand right up here. Come on. Any one of those areas. That call to repentance, that call to renewal, and that call to purpose. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Sean and Dana, honey, come on up here. Thank you, Father. Amen. Wow. Now I want you to understand this. We're going to pray over you. What we're going to do, we're going to join hand in agreement. I'm going to lead us in prayer. John can pray too. And, and in this but before we pray I want you to watch this everybody look up here just for a second this is what happened this morning we share with you God's word but you also heard a testimony of a choice to say yes and this choice to say yes started speaking to your heart 
and it helped become a motivation to you to say yes. Every time you say yes, your yes motivates somebody else. When your yes becomes visible, it motivates somebody else to have the courage to say yes to God's call upon their life. And so your yes this morning, you stepping out, coming here, you're saying yes to God. And your yes is going to cause response in those around you, just like what you're experiencing this morning. Isn't God good? Amen. Father, right now, we just join hands in agreement. And Father, I'm so thankful that you call each and every one of us. Father, you call us to repentance and we give our lives to you. You call us to renewal because you created us to do great things through us that bring glory to you. And you call us to purpose because we're your workmanship and you created us to bring increase into your kingdom. So Father, today we say yes to you in the area of repentance. We say yes to you in renewal and restoration. And we say yes to you to purpose in saying, here am I, send me, use me. I'm gonna ask you all to pray this prayer out loud with me, everybody. Heavenly Father, today I give my life to you I believe Jesus Christ is Lord and I confess Him as my Savior. I'm saved. I'm forgiven, renewed, and restored. So today, I choose to give my life to You. Lord, I'll go. I'll do. I'll be what you call me to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Son, you have anything to pray? Father, we just thank you this morning for your amazing grace that is the power within every one of our hearts. So, Father, today I, I thank you for your great grace in this room for your power and your presence. God, and we ask right now for something supernatural to be released in every heart that's yes. responded this morning yes. and those that are sitting out. Yes. God, a new season. God, of faith to be released and confidence and boldness to be your hands and feet in the earth today. God, we thank you that souls are lost, lives are broken, and we have the hope within our hearts. Yes. So God, give us all that faith, that confidence, and that boldness to speak, to act, and to respond. Father, that you would move and touch lives. God, I thank you for every person at this altar this morning. God, that something supernatural has shifted in their hearts today. Let it be sealed by the blood of the yes, Lamb and the word of our testimony today. Let this be that day that we are marked to be used for the rest of the days of our life, to never look back, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.